Welcome to Wake Up with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, your source for helpful information, advice, and tips to live your life in a mindful way in this increasingly chaotic world. For over four decades, Dr. Douglas has been teaching people how to develop their intuition and live their lives in a conscious way. His news and views of the world tomorrow today are always informative and revealing. To learn more about Dr. Douglas, be sure to visit his website, douglasjamescottrell.com, where you can download self-help exercises you can do right in the comfort of your own home. And now here's your host, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell. Welcome, everyone, to another broadcast of Wake Up. I'm Douglas James Cottrell, and today I'm joined with my good friend and co-host, Les Hubert. Uh, welcome back to the show, Les. Um, you know, the world's turning, and uh, as we go through developing these podcasts, we're getting lots of good feedback from people, and uh, some of the suggestions they're, they're sending us, like today's show, um, we're really interested to hear them. Info at Douglas James Cottrell is a good place to send your comments and your suggestions for a topic, my friend. Les, what's on the uh, on, on topic for the show tonight? Oh, tonight we're going to talk about grieving the loss of a pet. You know, for those of us who are animal lovers, uh, it's when you lose uh, a friend, uh, an animal friend, it's like losing a family member. I found that people who don't have animals, uh, they, they find it hard to relate. Uh, and you've stated before in previous uh, uh, readings that, uh, you know, they're not necessarily lower than we are. They're just different. Their, their uh, intelligence and their consciousness are, are just different. One would ask, do they reincarnate? Well, to start with, um, you know, the way people deal with grief um, needs to be looked upon as a, uh, a real thing. As you uh, mentioned just a moment ago, people who don't have pets can't understand the um, attachment and the affection that uh, we give to to our pets. I mean, you just have to look at a, at a child, a little boy or a little girl with a puppy or, or a little kitty cat, and you can see this innocence, this affection that's going out to this live, furry little creature. And you can just sense the love. Animals are forgiving. You know, they don't have any emotional uh, preferences. They uh, <coughs> they simply are honest. You know, if a dog's angry with you, we let you know. He growls or snaps or even, you know, bites you. If a kitty cat's angry, might scratch you or, you know, run off into another room. So when they love you, it's genuine. And, uh, you know, the, the animals, they love you even when everybody else doesn't. You know, you come home from work, you had a bad day, little critter is wagging his or her tail and the little kitty cat's purring away and oh, makes it all so much nicer when you get home. So this feeling of affection that is shared between humans and animals has gone back to antiquity. Uh, even on cave drawings, you've seen animals, uh, dogs or, or horses, uh, uh, depicted in the cave drawings as, as around the campfire, meaning they've, they've been incorporated into the community. So we have this historical bonding with the animal world. And certainly animals are very curious. They're intelligent. They want to know about us. And uh, we want to know about them. And when we bond with them, 
then we have this emotional attachment. And sometimes that does last over eons, over decades. I know a man who's uh, had a dog and uh, the dog was a troublesome dog. And he had a dream about the dog, which was uh, a, a very large dog with a with a black patch around its eye. And it looked like Spot the Dog on our gang from back in the 30s, uh, TV cartoons kind of thing. And um, only after the dog came into the house and after some troubles with uh, trying to, to keep this worrisome dog, the dog, when people went upstairs to go to bed, the dog started to chew on the furniture and started to make a nuisance, peed on the floor and things like that. Doing everything a dog does to say, I'm not happy. I understand cats and other animals do the same thing. But in this particular case, in this story, it wasn't until sometime later that the man had a dream or a vision that this dog that was so much of a worry ward and, and that you know, chewing on the woodwork like it was a horse or something in a stall, that a dream came and it showed the man that the dog belonged to his father in another lifetime. And in that lifetime, the dog was a watchdog and was sequestered in the basement of the house after the business closed. And the man's father would leave the dog in the basement because it was a vicious dog, was a watchdog after all, chained up and would proceed to go upstairs, leaving a dog in the basement all alone for months and then years. The dog ultimately uh, succumbed to some illness and then here, decades later, the son of the owner has this dog doing the same thing, worrying, chewing up the furniture, only after everybody went upstairs to bed. The revelation that this was the reincarnated dog of, of the father made a whole lot of sense. And soon thereafter, the dog stopped misbehaving. So with understanding and comprehension that maybe there was a time in the past that this animal was in the family. Or in some instances, you know, the, the animal reincarnates in a different species. And talking to my mentor, Ross Peterson, about this, he once said, unbelievably, the elephant can reincarnate as the mouse. The uh, rabbit can reincarnate as the fox. And the bird can reincarnate as the cat. And so it begs the question, do they evolve on an evolutionary scale? Do they ultimately become in human form or is there something else? And to answer that question for those people who may question that, the process, it's an intelligence. It's a, uh, it's a level of consciousness that the animal kingdom has. Of course, the other kingdoms that we live with have their own consciousness as well. I'm referring to the insect kingdom and also the, the fish's kingdom and, and also to um, bugs and, uh, and worms and creepy crawly things. They all have their consciousness and they're all existing, oblivious to everyone else, to the other kingdoms, if you will, or the other dimensions here in the world. So let's put that aside for a minute and just say, okay, let's, we're talking about our loved ones and these animals that we bond to. I've had clients who've asked me about questions about their cats or their animals. They felt a certain attachment to the animals as soon as they 
found an animal, as soon as it came into their presence, they had to have that animal. They had to be the owner, the master of that animal, only to find out in a, a dream like uh, the man did or through somebody's intuition that, uh, yes, in Egypt, they were on a throne somewhere. And this, these, these jaguars or these leopards used to belong to them back then. Only now they're Siamese cats. They act very similar in actions and attitude as the leopards or jaguars did, but now they're tiny. And the owner was saying, you know, I always thought that. I could see them sneaking around. They're ready to pounce. They own the place. They're regal and on and on go the adjectives. So there's a certain connection, if you will, with animals in that they may have come back to their master in a future experience from having a very good attachment in a, an experience a long time ago. All right, so that's a theory, that's a possibility. Uh, not necessarily, you know, for people listening to this broadcast, it, it's, a, it's, it's something to think about. You don't have to believe it, but it makes sense if you've had a dream about an animal or you have some other reference that you can say, hmm, there's something about this animal that I just knew we've been uh, associated before we met in this lifetime. This attachment, this bonding, then allows you to uh, simply be yourself with your animal. No pretense, you know, you don't have to dress up to give your dog its, uh, its dinner or your kitty cat its milk. You know, you can just be who you are. Don't have to put any makeup on. You don't have to dress up, you know. It's just, here's your food, man. <laughs> There you are coming home late from a party and the little kitty cat's going, meow, meow. Like, what happened to you? <laughs> meow. <laughs> and so you have this affection, this protection of this animal who rewards you with their undying loyalty and affection. And the thing about cats, and they're a little more independent. You start misusing a cat, the cat leaves town, doesn't it? Or goes in the other room if it's ticked, right, Les? Oh, yeah. It's a, there's a saying that uh, a dog loves you because he's, he's a pack animal. And, and don't get me wrong, I love my dogs as well. But a dog loves you because he's, he's pack-oriented. But a cat does, knows he doesn't need you. So if he loves you, it's because he really loves you. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense to me. <laughs> I hadn't heard that before. Makes sense to me. So, you know, this idea that uh, sooner or later, you know, when you, when you take a pet, you're going to outlive that pet. And... Uh, you know, you always should keep that in mind that this is not forever, that uh, while the pet is in your uh, presence, in your family, in your employee, if you will, that uh, it's only going to be there for a short time. It's going to come in your life, into your life. It's going to stay and pleasure you, play with you, be your, be your pet as it's supposed to. And then when it comes time, they're going to leave. Now, in our society, we don't basically let animals wither and die. When they're in pain, we have the wherewithal to uh, take them down to the vet and, and uh, put them to sleep, as they say. And sometimes that's very, very difficult. But you know what? It's the kindest, most loving thing you can do. And um, on that note, um, I believe that there is also the wisdom and the intelligence of that animal let you know it's time to go. And if we go back a moment and we think, you know, how come every time you come home, the cat's in the window? How come 
when you come home, the dog's barking at the door, sitting there. How come when you come down the stairs in the morning, that dog's down there waiting for you like, hey, it's time for a walk, you know? You're supposed to be here 10 minutes ago. How is it they have a time, a set time in their mind? How is it they know these things? Well, I believe it's their intuition that they don't talk like us, but they think like us in as much as that we can telepathically communicate with them. And so if we start to explore that, when they, uh, when they can communicate with us, we're really tied into them. And so understanding that there's this spiritual connection, that there's this emotional connection, and then there's this telepathic connection, it makes them extra special. Okay, Doug, hold that thought, and we'll be right back after this important message. Who's God? What's my purpose? What do my dreams mean? What are miracles? What are spiritual abilities? Was I in a past life? Who's my soulmate? What is meditation? Are your thoughts racing around on what life is or how to live it? Slow down. Find answers in Dr. Douglas James Cottrell's book, Secrets of Life. Now available at douglasjamescottrellstore.com or Amazon. You know, just as a side note, I, I recently lost my little cat, uh, Trixie. We had her for about 18 years. And the night before she actually requested that I take her to the vets, I had a dream where she was asking me to do so. And she came down uh, into my man cave here, and uh, which she never, never does. And uh, she laid down on the rug and she started making these little noises as if to say, please, you know, help me. And uh, we, I took her to the vets and it was amazing how much spiritual energy she still had because I could feel it radiating literally off of her, even though she hadn't been able to assimilate food for a while. And when they finally euthanized her, uh, she was ready for it. She accepted it. She was, she was very courageous. She totally understood. I could sense that she was ready. And it was amazing to see her body just deflate. When the spirit left, she just deflated. It was so weird. But uh, it, was, it was also a great relief to know that her suffering was over. Mm-hmm. I know, and then the the feelings of you know, did I do the right thing? Uh, should I have uh, you know spent the other another six hundred dollars on the vet who might have uh, given her another uh, weeks or months, but the quality of life would have been terrible? Uh, should I have uh, you know gone ahead and spent a thousand dollars on the operation? On and on it goes, and and the important thing what I'm about to say is I don't mean to offend anybody, but that's all for pleasing yourself. You're buying your way out of feeling guilty. And the thing is, you don't need to feel guilty. When you took to yourself that pet, there was an unspoken understanding that this pet is your pet, your property, if you will, your friend for a certain length of time. And you are going to outlive this lovely little kitty cat or dog or whatever pet you have. And so with that understanding, it's when you get to that point, the end of the road, the animal knows it's time to go. Just like it knows when you're coming in the door, or just when it knows that, you know, you're driving up the street, you're half a block away and the dog starts jumping all over the living room. And we said, we knew you were going to be here in a minute. The dog was, you know, uh, giving us the doggy alarm. You're coming home. And 
we all say, isn't that interesting? Or we dismiss it as a coincidence, or how do we know that? Well, the dog knows, the cat knows, the birds know, everybody knows on that unspoken, invisible level. Wake up, the animals know. So when it comes time, then it's, you say very sincerely, okay, it's, uh, thank you very much for being my pet. I really loved you. I appreciate your love back. Just a wonderful time. And I'm very grateful that you were in my life. See you next time. And uh, the animal is let go. And as you say, you can feel the, the release of the soul from the physical body. <clears throat> because everything is temporary, even including us. And so with that understanding, you shouldn't feel guilty. You should feel accomplished. You know, you had that animal. Now, in some, some worlds, what happens is that people get a second pet, a replacement buddy. The old dog is there, you know, limping around, and they bring in the puppy. Well, that again is a selfish uh, thing, you know. You don't want to uh, feel the grief, so you, you're going to bring in this other dog as a replacement. Out goes one, and you still have another. Well, think about this. If you were an old guy or gal and you're sitting around there in your rocking chair and some teenage hippie dippy yahoo comes into your house and starts barking and scratching and screaming and playing their music, how would you feel? Think about that, my friends, that this might not be a good idea for old Fluffy to have that new uh, cougar dog in the house and it's okay for you to go through the experience of grieving and mourning the loss of a friend, because that's what it was. Masking it, deceiving yourself by bringing in a little buddy or a replacement may or may not be a good thing, but it's a selfish thing. And poor old Fluffy pays the price. Now, sometimes people get a dog and then a couple of years later, they get another dog and and you have the two dogs growing up or you have the, you know, I think people like to buy pairs of cats and things that we always did around our house. And so you had one younger, one older, but they're not too much different. That was a little better because then one would go and you'd still have the other and, and they would have experienced a life together. So you need to plan that out if that's what your plan is. But there's nothing says that you can't love that single pet to the last day and then go get another one, should you wish to do it. But everybody's going to say to me, yes, Douglas, but that's not fluffy. Of course not. It would never be fluffy. This is now Trixie. This is another dog. And you are going to give this dog a royal life. It's going to have free eats, free accommodation. It's going to have everything it needs, including it's going to have you at its beck and call once again, like all pet owners are. Okay, those are the rules. Now, I'm making a little light of it so that people who are nodding their heads who've had the experience, I've lost every single dog I've ever had and I've had several. They've all been great things. And they came time, they went. I felt really bad about it, but it came time. So understanding that you can get another dog or you might take the position of saying, this hurts so much, I'm never getting another pet ever. It hurts so much. Well, the reason it hurts so much is because you love that animal so much and you're a sentient being and so was it. And it was feeling that love. 
That's why your little kitty cat came down the stairs, knowing that you were grieving, feeling really uh, a little mixed up what to do. Should I take her? Should I put her down? Should I keep her? Should I do? And the cat came down and basically answered the question. Meow, meow, meow. Take me. I want to leave. Again, when you're a spiritual aware, when you wake up, you can have a dream where the animal will come and visit you in the dream and say, take me to the vet. Time to go home. I'm leaving, whatever. And you'll, you'll wake up and you'll like, oh my God, the cat, the cat said it wants to leave. What did I do? Well, no, the cat's telling you it's leaving time. And however that comes about, you know, whether the cat is injured on the street, the cat has a disease, or the cat just leaves town because the neighbor three, three doors over has been feeding the, your cat for two or three years, thinking it was a stray, and decided to move out of town and took the cat with them. The cat's going, okay, because the cat came to you and in a dream said, adios. And if that's the case, my friends, what a blessing. You were pre-warned. Wake up. The animal has a consciousness, a free will, and it knows more than you think. Until next time, my friends, enjoy your pet to the fullest every day. Give that little critter some love and soak up the love that it gives to you because that's what they're for. They're yours to love until the last day. Well, thank you, Doug. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I would like you to give us a four or five star rating and don't miss out and subscribe today. And please let all your friends know about the wake up. Good night now. Thank you very much for listening to Wake Up. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. And we'd greatly appreciate your review of our show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to let others know about the great content we're producing. For more about Dr. Douglas's self-development classes, books, and other related products, please visit his website, douglasjamescartrell.com. Until next time, we wish you all of God's blessings, health, wealth, and peace of mind.